Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 113, Dark City from 1998. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Shell Beach, California. Shell Beach is a small beach in La Jolla, a community of San Diego, California. The beach is accessed via a flight of concrete steps that start at the south end of the Ellen Browning Scripps Park. Shout out, Shell Beach, California. Shout out, Shell Beach. Well, welcome to Dark City, a patron pick. I think this is our first, this lap, a Justin Kleinman selected it is, yeah. patron pick for the Missing Pieces lap. But Joe, before we get there, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we talked about this movie? Like, I I will never get over asking the extracurricular activities basically about the thing we just did, but what have you been up to since Sunday? Rachel gave me a haircut the other day. Ooh, like a significant haircut or just a a smile, like a trimming? It was a significant haircut. She got, like, all the sides and back. We didn't have shears to get the top. So I'm rocking, like, a, a Ronin Last Samurai type deal. Okay. But yeah, she did a great job. I'm really impressed. So Is that your first quarantine yes. haircut? Yes. And also, I don't know if you, I mean, you'd know this, but I don't know if like I've said it, but like, I'm really bad with haircuts. Like I usually just get like one every six to eight months. I just cut it, like wait until it's time. Like I wait until it gets like disgustingly long, but it's been so yeah. fucking hot here. That I was like, the other day, I was like, Rachel, you got to just like cut all this off. So she did it. She did an excellent job. Has she had a haircut or has she not had a haircut? She has not had a haircut since quarantine started. I give myself three haircuts in quarantine. Three haircuts in quarantine? Damn, you're on Matt levels mm-hmm. of haircuts. Did you know this joke that Matt used to get his haircut like every two weeks and we were like, dude. No, but like, what? that I don't. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me because every time I've seen Matt, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, but we were like, dude, like two weeks is like aggressive when was the first one i did like it was probably like luckily because i remember i was talking to you i was telling you about remember like two weeks before i even talked about on here like two weeks before quarantine started i was at my barber and i was like oh he's got this crazy march madness bracket where like you every game matters and whatever you're like cool (laughs) and then like two weeks later no nothing Um, so i got one like right before quarantine and i want to say that i cut my hair end of may like it was a while are you using a beard trimmer using clippers so i have i have a beard trimmer that also has a hair attachment. Okay, cool. I don't remember what I did the first time. I think I just selected, like I did like a shorter on the side and longer on the top or whatever, but all using that thing, yeah. right? That was like two and a half months in or something. But that was still, you know, two months ago. So then like three weeks ago, possibly, I did like a, a shorter one on the sides and I like, didn't really touch the top. And like I tried to like basically get it so like the, the cor- this is the wrong phrase, but, like the corners of my head where like the top meets the sides yeah. were like, I tried to like figure out how to like whether I should cut that or not. And then like after having that for a couple of weeks, it was like growing weird. And I'm just like, Neh. so I just buzzed my entire head. So my entire head is like very short hair right now. But I just like, this is what I want anyway. Exactly. I think this looks better. It's gross outside. Like it's, it's relentlessly 95 degrees, which I don't remember July being this hot. Like I always thought August was the no, hot month. July like we've was been the hot one, at least in Connecticut. At 93 to 95, like for like 10 days in a row now. It's unbelievably unbearably it's humid hot. it's like when you go outside it's like yeah. a fucking sauna too it's like thick the air is chewy like when you go outside that's how humid it is here at least i mean i have to go for my walk in the morning well number one to dodge skunks number one yeah but number two because like i can't i don't want to when it's like 88 or like right now it, as we're recording at 6 p.m 92 degrees like that's so gross yeah and so disgusting. i go in the morning but it's still like already 78 or by the time i get back like 80 or 82 and sticky like yep i used to up until like 
a month ago, be able to go for my walk slash jog slash like be moving outside for an hour, come back and not need to shower. And now it's like for the last you know month, it's been like, oh, I can't do anything until I cool down and then shower because like I'm just <laughs> it just gross. Yep. Hopefully this haircut expedites the airflow. I don't know. But yes. Okay. So haircut. What else? Oh, I think I I told you about the pizza dough, the pizza flour, making pizzas and cooking things. And oh, that's what it was. That's what I wanted to tell you about. We were watching the, we finished the mob show, which was pretty good. It's only like three episodes, by the way. So it's not very long. I was expecting like, you know, two episodes in, it could have been 10 episodes or it could have been three. And it turned out to be three. Finished that, but we started the Zac Efron show. So I'm going to say save this for now. I know I said to save it for the okay, episode, cool. but save it for now, and I'll explain, and you'll you'll see why later, but save it for now, Sounds but okay. Good. Yeah, but anyways, that's what I've been up to, watching Lost, watching the, this movie. I don't think I really watched anything else too crazy the other day, so that's what I've been up to. I realized that the Friday episode intros, I never have anything really to say because we record Hanks and the Memories on Tuesday, which means I watch the movie for Hanks on Monday, and so, like, you know, we record this on Sunday for the Tuesday episode, right? Yeah. And then, like, Monday after work, I'm basically just watching a Hanks movie, and then Tuesday after work, I'm watching the movie for whatever we're doing today, and then also recording the Hanks episodes. So, like, my Monday and Tuesday evenings are, like, Bland. not that I would be doing anything anyway, but, like, you know, yeah. I don't really have updates. So we did Bridge of Spies, which is a good movie, but kind of a boring movie. Have you seen Bridge of Spies? Wasn't that an Oscar nom? It was, yeah. yeah so then Mark Rylance won Best Supporting Actor. It was nominated for Best Picture. did not win, though. I remember it being, like, newer coloring, and it also reminded me of, like, another movie that had come out that year at the same time. And I don't remember That's what that was. But I remember when Rachel and I watched it, we were like, oh, this reminds me of this. And then we were like, but it has Tom Hanks in it. And that was it. Yeah, so like, it's very good, but it's like a Spielberg movie with Tom Hanks. You're like, it, like this. I expected it to be this good. Like, that was my whole thing. It was just like... I don't remember anything about it other than like, you're right. Like, it was like, it was good. I'm sure like if I watched it again, I'd be like, oh, this was really good. Not like mind-blowing or great. Like, you have to see it now, but yeah. Holy shit. Okay, so here's Best Picture that year in the 2016 awards when the movies came out in 2015. Okay. So the winner was Spotlight, which I adore yeah, you did as a journalism Spotlight. nerd, yes. as a, uh, ugh, this, I, I don't, it's the first word that came to my mind, I don't want to say it, but as a Rachel McAdams stan, like I just love her. Yeah. Like that is, it scratches all my itches. So that one, which I still am surprised at that one, Bridge of Spies was nominated, Brooklyn, the Saoirse Ronan movie, oh, which yeah. I really, really liked. I know you did. I was Mad Max fan. Fury Road, maybe the best movie of the last decade. Yeah, Mad Max, yeah. Mad Max was good, yeah. Room, the Brie Larson movie, which is heartbreaking, but also incredible. I loved that movie. I loved Room. I thought it was, like, very, very deep. A movie that you and I both love, The Big Short. Yeah. The Martian and The Revenant. Like, Damn. that's a crazy stacked Best picture. Looking back on it, yeah, that was a pretty good year. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah, so I watched Watch Bridge of Spies, so that'll come out next Friday, so in a week. Today is Hanks. What's today? Oh, Saving Mr. Banks, the one where Tom Hanks plays Walt Disney. It's also like that. Like it just that's my whole thing. It's like Tom Hanks always plays these like historical figures. You're like, yeah, he does a good job. Like that's why you <laughs> hire him. Like it's just it's not interesting to talk about. Mr. Whatever. Rogers, you're gonna get to Mr. Rogers soon too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We have nine more movies, and that is the next to last. Yeah, the that's what one I that he put out this year, Greyhound, is our final movie. And then that'll be the penultimate one. So yeah, so I think in like eight weeks or whatever, we'll get... But I saw that in theaters. Like, I liked it. Weird movie. But it's but... funny that he played like Walt Disney and Mr. Rogers. Well, you know, do you know he's related to Mr. Rogers and Walt Disney? I feel like I knew he was related to Mr. Rogers, but not Walt Disney. Like, very distant or whatever. Like, that's what the internet says. He's also like third cousin four times removed from like Abraham Lincoln, too. Like, all these insane, like, <laughs> the most famous people of all time he's somehow related to. So it's a crazy... You know, the story is crazy. I don't know. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I've done nothing other than watch Bridges Spies. 
I'd rather be watching Fury Road, but you know, that's not the podcast. We already did that podcast. We'll do it on this at some point too. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we will. I forgot. Modern oh, my car God. movies. Like I know she's in it, but like I always forget. Like oh yeah, we'll well yeah we could do it for the Charlie's it. lap or the modern car movie lap, right? Either one or both. Who knows? Yeah, you're true. That's all I got. So we have a Patreon page during the show. Too fast, too forever. Dot com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Elnanen, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry robinson thank you all so thank very you much guys thank you for thank you, thank over you. there we've gotten some progress in terms of the picks for the next few laps jake Ooh. messaged me on facebook to change his pick for this lap and also added the picks for next year nick commented on the patreon post saying he's gonna have to think about it do some research so we're getting some progress in terms of what we're covering next year so if you want to know what laps eight through ten the themes are too fast to forever.com sign up over there give us things to watch please and thank you yeah we also have an email address here on the show family at cageclub.me and we've got four emails today the first one so this went around i don't know if you saw this alex ellenin sent us a link what it's a reddit thing that kind of went like mini viral i did not read it because i knew he sent it in i was sent it by a couple different people i got it from him first so I was like, we're, I know we're going to talk about it. So it's on Reddit. Alex says, subject line, now I'm sad. And the entire body, body of the email is just this link. So on Reddit, dad took me to a racetrack seven years ago, met Paul Walker. He stuck his finger up my nose. Oh, no, I didn't see this at all. Oh, man, that's really cute. That's like painfully cute. So that would have been like 2013. So that's circa like Fast and Furious 6 time. So that's so cool, though. You you see that he's like, that's just so wholesome. You know what I mean? Like, imagine meeting like Paul Walker and then he does something goofy for your picture. You would just be like idolized forever, right? Like, you'd be yeah. like that's the yeah. coolest. Like, and it's such a gentle thing. It's like, you know, so tame and like dadly of him to like do like, oh, I'm going to stick my finger up your nose that's like the uh you know the bill murray thing where like he's just like they'll never believe this story it's like okay yes. cool like i get that you're like a weirdo but like that seems like a like a low-key it's not this but have you seen the pictures of like keanu like taking pictures with women and like his hand hovers like he doesn't actually touch them <laughs> yes like it just reminds me of those but this is yes. like you know just sticking your friend your, your finger up a kid's nose just yeah it's great that is yeah that it, it that's very good it's a, it's a good comparable thing to those two because of the other famous people that like have kind of a sense of humor this is just like so dadly or like brotherly right like it just seems like yeah it's just like so genuine and loving wow so thank you alex for sending that in yeah great picture Um, i appreciate it we got two emails from jenny mcmullen first one this is why i had you save it first one went to our zach attack email subject line down to earth i was telling you that like we knew this was out and i was like yes you know we've had literally hundreds of people download the latest episode of Zach Attack we did like a year and a half ago, but zero emails. And then like literally within three hours, Jenny emailed me. So I don't know if she heard me. She was, she's watching our computers, man. So here's what she says. I want to hear what your take is. So she says, subject line down to earth. She says, hi guys, doubt you have time to do an episode on this, but I want to let you know that I've watched half of it, four of eight. I doubt I'd watch it if it wasn't Zach, but it's okay. Shirtless happens in the first episode and crying happens in the second. (laughs) He has a beard in most of it, which kind of works. I think you really get to see his personality and some of the stuff they cover really makes you think. Pretty sure you've got Netflix and it's in the top 10 most watched. So I just wanted to see if you've noticed it or watched it later, Jenny. So I have not watched yet, but you started to watch and you have thoughts. And I have thoughts. I think I've made it through the first four episodes. Like I'm exactly where Jenny is right now. It's a great exposition of Zeph's personality. He just confirms everything that we've thought and seen in interviews all along that he's just like, he's living his best life, man. There's no way that you can hate on him for this. Like, he's just like, 
look, I was in Hollywood. I was sick of it. I just want to go and like do wilderness stuff. The show is kind of about environmentalism, right? It's like, okay, like we need to like respect the earth. So we watched it. And I think the first episode, it was on like Iceland. It was on Iceland. They're like generally as a people, like very sustainable. They have all these hot springs, right? So they like use thermal thermal power from the earth to like power a bunch of homes and like they recycle the water it's it's all this cool stuff so it's just like we can think differently if we just like put our mind to it like we don't need to use coal all the time and then the second one was about water and that was like hyper fascinating and actually it was like weird and touching to me because he goes to lords in france but really what he's going to is there's this like shrine like a Catholic shrine. It's called Our Lady of Lords. The Virgin Mary appeared to this young girl and told her to start digging and she would find a spring. And they were all okay. like, you're crazy. And she's just kept digging and digging and digging and she found a fucking spring. And this water is like known to like cure people, right? So like people will like drink it and they'll like get cures. So it like he goes there and like talks to like, they have a doctor that is there to like confirm me a miracles for the church but he's an actual doctor okay he's not okay if somebody has like a tumor they have to like have pictures of the tumor to be like he was cured immediately after he was here and then there's no doctor explanation like there's no scientific explanation right now of why this happened you know they talk all about that it was really really cool but the cool part about that for me was that when i was a kid my grandma used to get the the water from lord's she would always, like, give it to me, and I would, like, drink it as a kid. So, like, when I see them, like, like, the episodes on water, this is the last place I thought they were going to, right? Then, like, episodes three and four for me took a weird turn. If you don't like his co-host, his co-host is this guy that, like, wrote, like, food books. I don't see him as genuine. And Zeph very much looks up to this guy in the show. And right. this guy seems like he's trying to be famous or just not genuine to me in some type of way that I don't like. He's, like, much older than Zeph. He's, like, like an older dude. And Zeph's, like, so wants his approval in, like, everything that they're doing. And he's just, and he's giddy, and he's very genuine about, like, their experiences that they're having. And this guy is just, like, it just, he rubs me the wrong way. I think that the show is good. I like the content. It's pretty cool. Like, the things that they're doing is awesome. And Zeph is great. He's obviously the best part of it. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sorry that it took a turn, a downturn for you, but I'm glad that it's not, uh, we got it's some not really like, fresh, fresh Zeph content. Yeah, I want to know if other people feel the same way. I don't know if it's just me and, like, I was, like, turned off by this guy or what. The guy that's with Zeph, I'm like, man, if they would have had, like, another guy that was, like, really great, this show would be like... Or, like, what about his brother? Like, why is his I'm brother saying. doing it? Yeah, or his dad. Like, why didn't he just take his dad with him? You know what I mean? So, like, I don't get it. I will watch it at some point. It's not at all high on my list. The only reason it's on my radar at all is because it's Zeph. But, like, I will watch it at some point, so I'll let you know. But if I remember. Jenny's right. Zeph is the best part about it, for sure. Yeah. Jenny also sends in another email, more specifically about this show. Subject line, did I miss this? She says, hi, guys. So I found this tidbit a couple months ago and have been meaning to write in and finally got around to it. Not sure if this has been covered, but do you know Better Luck Tomorrow? It's the first movie with a Han character. She says, I haven't seen this movie, but considered renting it on Amazon. Just haven't found the time. Yes, we knew that because it's directed by Justin Lin. It mm -hmm. stars Han. It's the first Han Solo movie. Yes. And so, yeah, we've been, we're, it's you know. It's way on our radar. I'm excited to see it. I, I've actually been putting off watching it as much as I want to, to have a reason to watch it for this. So my first reaction is genuine yeah like i've been meaning to basically watch it since we started this podcast yeah and then first since we first heard that like that's where han came from it's like yeah i want to but i just haven't because like it's a dumb thing to do but it's just like no i want to save it for like i don't want to i don't have to watch it twice it's just like well, well you, not, you not could, like watch but, it twice well, but like i want my reaction 
yeah. for it to be yeah. unimpeded in between the time that I watch it and the time that we record about it. So. Yep, agreed. She says, as for recent episodes, I think Nico and Keva are going to be fun and entertaining. She says, another tidbit is that I've been walking through our neighborhood of the past few months. The other day I saw Vin on a TV. She sounds like me. Oh, yeah, this is a very Joey story. Yeah, didn't stop to see what movie it was because I know the family that lives there and didn't want to get caught, although I do know them well enough that I probably would have told them why. Gotta find out. I would love to know. Got a Vin Vin friend, the Vin fan in the neighborhood. Maybe it was Bloodshot. That would probably make sense. Like, if it's a Vin movie, it'd probably be, like, just in a random house, knowing nothing. Probably Bloodshot. Or and Fast probably and a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. And then... Triple X? I don't... I mean, maybe... I don't know that people watch those, really. I mean, possibly... It would have to be very specific timing to see him in, like, Saving Private Ryan. But yeah, I think, exactly. Like, people would be more likely to see Saving Private Ryan, watch watch that movie, than a triple... I don't know. But yeah, I would guess it's either one of these movies or Bloodshot is probably a good guess. Yep, same. She says, one last item is that I'm glad you guys don't smoke anymore. I've never tried it or considered it, but don't hang around many people who do it. Um, I've never I've never smoked a single cigarette in my life. So I've I smoked am, uh, many a cigarette. Yeah, but Rachel stomped that right out of me. Yeah, growing up in a in a house where my dad smoked, I was just like, no, never, nope. Never. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool because my mom smoked, and to me, it was just like non. She says the way they banned it in Oregon is the Workplace Safety Act, so employees wouldn't have to worry about secondhand smoke. A lot of bars and restaurants added covered patio areas to accommodate smoking right after it's passed. Non-smoking sections were a joke anyway. In one restaurant we used to go to, we always sat in a smaller windowless back room while the smokers got the whole front of the place with windows and scenery not anymore i think they did it for the right reasons both my maternal grandparents were smokers and both died of lung cancer i just hope my mom dodges that bullet considering how much secondhand smoke she grew up around so joe maybe disagree with smoking bans on principle but everyone has a choice whether to do it or not. Enough for now. Later, Jenny. Yeah, I think I think that it's pretty bad in in food establishments. It, she, I, she's referring to I guess what I was talking about. Like I missed that you can smoke in bars because I kind of like the deterrent of it. But like it should be regulated to like divey bars. Like if you're going to like an upscale lounge or something, like maybe don't smoke in there. Or like on a plane. Like don't don't smoke <laughs> on a plane. Anymore. Or on a plane. Yes, that too. Our next email is from Jerry Robinson subject line Miles Morales Spider-Man. He says, "Hey my brothers, here's the Spider-Man tattoo I got cost $300 in 8 hours, but worth it." Damn. Very cool. Very cool. It looks really cool. It's on his whole forearm. He has like the nice uh the nice Spider-Man logo going on here and like a lot of webbing behind it. Shout out to Juarez Tattoos for making it look absolutely badass. I agree. Sorry, sorry that you didn't go to um what was it? Uh, forgotten forgotten art tattoo. Something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever our sponsor was last time. And then Joe, this just in two minutes ago, if he had sent it two minutes later, we would not have covered it. Email from West Hampton, subject line Memento, what up, fam? Wes is like listening to us for sure, sh- like like live here. Jenny hacked your messages and Wes got the Discord chat on lock. He says, I'm glad to hear Memento still holds up, but I know I shouldn't be worried. Christopher Nolan never lets me down. Here are my notes. Okay. Says Jack Whitehall, the comedian you talked about, is yes. great. Believe it or not, We've never watched his stand-up, but we know him from the Big Fat Quiz. I don't know what that is. Also, I super highly recommend checking out his Netflix show, Travels with My Father. His dad is a very proper older British man, so Jack takes his dad on holiday to different countries, and he's the perfect curmudgeon. Yeah, his dad's his dad is very proper. Like he has like he talks about him in the comedy special too, so it's pretty interesting. He says how to get away with murder is pretty much close to what Joe described. Viola Davis is a renowned criminal defense attorney. 
She uses a class mm. on criminal defense nicknamed How to Get Away with Murder. Shows focuses on her, her students, and her top aides, and somehow they're always wrapped up in a murder or two every season trying to get away with it. Yeah. Um, he says, I normally avoid these kind of network dramas, but when we watch a puzzle, I'm okay with it, because now I can talk to Mrs. West about it while only half watching it, and I don't feel like I'm doing something better a disservice by not paying full attention. That's fair. I get that. It says, Joey, you would hate it because every few episodes starts with a flash of some big cinematic event that will come about three quarters of the way through the season. <laughs> Each time you see a little bit more, so you're like, WTF is happening. And you're just trying to figure out how they got to that point, and it's never exactly what you think. I've talked about on many you a podcast about how yet. I hate that. So Just like, let me get there. But yeah, they do do that. I forgot. Oh, man. You know, like a huge cinematic thing. You're like, what the fuck? Like, why are they doing it? And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's the flash forward. And then you're like, well, now I know that that happens. Like, what was cool is that the Breaking Bad season two two i think like you see a thing yes. happening and you don't know what the context is and eventually by the end you, you know what it is it's teasing something and you like think it's going to be one thing and it turns out to be something related in a way but totally different yes. and you're like oh that's cool but like don't just show me like viola davis like shooting a guy and be like oh my it's, <laughs> it's not what i thought like they were acting something out in the class and then you know just like okay cool thanks movie <laughs> Thanks, TV show. He says, Jeff Rosenstock used that scene in Lost you mentioned where Jin runs out screaming others, others for one of his records. Demo called Others, Others, and the cover is just a screenshot of Jin running out of the jungle. Jeff was way into Lost when it was airing. Yeah, that was the last episode we did, and I continued at that beginning part of this episode. He says, it's funny that when you refer to Guy Pearce as bloodshotting, because when I saw bloodshot, I was like, oh, they're pulling a memento. So, I mean, yeah, if I remembered memento, I would probably think that, but I didn't remember memento, really, so, plus, the context of the show, it's bloodshotting. Yeah, obviously, like, bloodshot pulled a memento, not memento pulled a bloodshot as someone who's a big fight club book and movie fan you're right it's super homoerotic especially the movie but it's still super dope it's also still super dope well yeah i mean they're not mutually exclusive exactly joey and i just have like this like long time running love that we will see like very aggressive you know like masculine men talk about how much they love fight club us knowing how homoerotic it is that just makes it more enjoyable for me because they're like oh fight club's such a great movie and you're like you realize brad pitt's just shirtless like 90 percent of the movie and they're like a couple right like that's yeah that's why it's so funny it's a, it's a very weird kind of couple but they are a couple in a way yeah, yeah. i always love that like you know straight straight alpha males are talking about how much they love Fight Club, and if you really watch it, to me, it's like a very, very homoerotic movie. He says, I saw it a few years ago, was afraid it would ruin my memory of it, but nope, still good. Still awesome. I think it's one of those movies whose message gets overshadowed by the twist or the premise, kind of like Lost, actually. Ooh. I think by the end, people who weren't satisfied with Lost were the people who kind of forgot the core meaning of the show and were only focused on the specifics of the mysteries. Interesting. Also, it's pretty similar in that John Locke... Oop. Well... I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but oh. I'm going to leave it out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you stopped at a good point, too. You were just like, John Locke, and you stopped. I'm able to read a few words ahead, and I was like, mm. okay. I don't know if he means metaphorically or literally, and I don't remember. I think it's metaphorically, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there just and sit, just to be safe. Cool. Says, that's all for now. I saw a tweet from Nico earlier today that has me real excited for the Too Fast episode coming up. Until then, stay furious, Wes. Well, that'll come on Tuesday, but today we're talking about Dark City, even though you and I, Joe, are really actually talking about both. (laughs) Exactly. I know. Boy, oh boy. (laughs) Because Wes is like, I'm really excited about this episode. I'm like, me too, because we're like about to record it right after this. (laughs) But nope. 
Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But yeah, email family at cageclub.me if you want to say hi. If you have not emailed in in a while, let us know how you're doing. Friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, is catching up. She said she's only four and a half behind. Four so and a half? she's getting there. And she like referenced something. She's like, I didn't know. What the, I had to Google that. And I was like, oh, then clearly you're not listening to literally every word we said. Because I think we mentioned it once in the like 50 hours of podcast that you've been listening to. So yeah. I'm going to quiz you. I said I would quiz her on comprehension, but I forget everything immediately anyway. So like... <laughs> I can't even come up with it, right? So Yeah. All right, Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news. What have you got going on? Anything you've seen since we last recorded? Nope. Nothing crazy. There was something kind of crazy. What was it? AMC and Universal partnered oh. on a deal that is going to bring, could bring, I, yes. Universal movies to premium video on demand, which is a $20 rental, within three weeks, 17 days after theatrical release. So in theory, Our in thing theory. That we were pitching the whole time. I mean, well, close mm-hmm. to it. Close to it. If F9 is out on April 2nd, that means you might be able to rent it VOD on, like, April 19th or 20th. Like, that is insane bananas. It doesn't mean that they're going to. The way that this deal works is that AMC gets a cut. I think after three months, I think then the movie can go on what's considered, like, regular VOD, where it's, like, six bucks or whatever to rent. But in that first three-month span, like, basically from three weeks to three months, AMC is going to get a cut of Universal's proceeds from that so universal is going to have the basically the upper hand here be like do i want to leave it in theaters like are we still making enough money to have it in theaters should we replace it with something else should we move it to vod or whatever like i think it's going to be it's only good news for the consumer yes i think it's only good news for universal that they have the flexibility here and amc is just like i saw a comment that was basically like universal called amc's bluff because amc was like cool we're never going to show one of your movies again Universal was like cool okay we don't we don't we don't need you we can make the movies and put them out another way. And then AMC was like, well, like, what if we... <laughs> just, you know, so... I, I, I can't overstate enough how insane... Like, I lost my mind for a minute when I saw it. Because, like, it's... Like, this is another direct impact of coronavirus. Like, if this hadn't happened, we no. might have had this in five years, ten years, who knows when. But, like, the fact that it's the same month, like, two weekends... Like, two weeks. It's like, two... It's three weekends. Yep. People were reporting three weeks, but it's three weekends. So it's, like, two and a half weeks. Like, that's crazy so we'll still have to see what the state of the world is in on april we plan to see it in theaters together i would love to find a drive-in somewhere because i still don't know if i want to see it in theaters but like we got to see it opening like that and we got to see it that day but i don't know where i would love to drive in somewhere nearby yeah we can go to the one that larson goes to i think drive-ins are an interest i mean there's no new content I'm, I'm interested to see how these drive-ins adapt when for instance like tenant comes out because tenant is now scheduled to release overseas in august in the u.s in select cities on september 3rd whether that's going to happen or not i don't know yeah it'll have i think drive-ins are going to be back in a way so we'll see if they instead of just having like archival things if they're going to have they might not have the actual hardware to show new movies really a lot of these places i think only have like film projectors projectors yeah they don't have digital projectors because it's like it's a sense it was a wildly expensive transition like not once you have the tech like once you have the hardware then you make more money but like the actual cost to transition from film to digital like that's why it took so long in movie theaters because like the burden to make that switch was so great for so many theaters that eventually when they did it like now they're in a better place but like well hopefully like look what we can all look forward to is that amc starts losing thousands of theaters and the drive-ins just buy all their old projectors at auction yeah and we get that we'll see i think other studios like universal is one of the biggest and not the biggest movie studios i think others will follow you know if warner is next like warner's got tenant and warner's got wonder woman like yeah. disney too like if the three of them all make these kind of deals i don't know if they're going to or not but like they you know, or what if disney's like 
you get three weeks, and then it's on Disney Plus or something. Who knows? You know what I mean? Or like, you can flex, you know, you Warner can could put it on HBO now. Max. Once they broke the dam of this, like you're telling me Disney's not going to be like, and I have to wait three months now. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, no, 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 no. Right. We'll see. But that's it's only good news for us, for Fast and Furious fans. And plus, if it is on VOD, that means that you and I can rent it and, like, watch it a bunch and record with all of our friends mm-hmm. and do, like, a bunch of episodes in a row on F9. You know, give people a chance to see it and then, like, bang, 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 go deep, 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 deep with everybody we want to talk about it with. So, yes. very cool. I, have a th- I had one other thought unrelated to everything here. So, next Friday... The Fast and Furious Crossroads video game finally comes out, okay? Yeah. I think the best way for me to play it would be to play it on Twitch and, like, have you or have whoever watch along. Because, like, I'm playing it, but, like, we're just kind of experiencing the story together. So here's a thought. We have next Saturday night or Sunday night, Penguin pending, Mm -hmm. the watch-along party for Fast and Furious. Should we... Could we, would you want to, take that time that we had allotted and, like, use it to stream Fast and Furious Crossroads? Should we do it separately, or do you think that's a bad idea in general? I think we should do it separately. I don't think it should replace a movie, because I don't want to watch you play video games as a movie replacement. But I think that, like, because you're probably not going to buy the game, I would imagine. Or if you do, you're probably not going to play the game. Yeah, I I, I don't think I could make it through it. So I think the best way to experience it, plus, you know, like, I'm going to want to talk, like, I'm going to sort of want to react to things in real time. And I think a way of, like, having it on Twitch, but also maybe in Discord or whatever, like, I'm not talking on Twitch, like, we're all in Discord together or something. I don't know. we got to figure that out. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think that might be the best way to experience this together as opposed to, because I I still don't know how we cover it for the show. But I think maybe if we do it separately or I don't know, we got to figure something out. But like that could be I had that idea. I was like, oh, that's that, that could work. Yeah. 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 I'm down. If you have ideas out there of like whether you'd be interested, email us family at cageclub.me. If you plan to buy it and play it along or whatever on your own, let us know that, too. I just I don't know. I don't know if the game is like, you know, five hours long or 10 hours long or 40. Like, I don't know what I don't know what it is, really. I don't know if it's going to be. I good. definitely want to see the beginning because you're going to get good like movies like cinematics. We'll start there and we'll see how it goes from there but like definitely like the first like hour of gameplay i definitely want to see right yep all right so now joe it is time for the ana lucia cortez lost for a minute season two episode three orientation i have so many things to say about this episode that i cannot say so please give me your thoughts on orientation started out we were talking just like Wes sent the email in the last thing that happened was Jin yells others others and they come in so then they put them in jail them like where's Letty at in this episode this is also an episode where like there's a countdown clock and how did they fuck up the computer so Kate is sneaking around and I realized I I never really thought about how like disjointed in time this is because we see Kate crawling like doing the diehard thing in like three episodes in a row and it's only happening once we keep seeing it so like she sneaks up behind desmond she clubs him he's got the gun on jack and he accidentally fires and it goes to the computer okay so he shot the computer yeah okay not on purpose but by accident yes, yeah, yeah yeah and so he's like freaking out because he's like if we don't do this then bad things happen so they watch this video for some reason as we were watching the episode i paused it today like after i saw like the video i was like Again, I'm just going to throw this out there. You can choose to not react or whatever. They said that they were doing psychological tests on this island. This seems like it's set up to be like a psychological test. Like, will these guys keep doing this? And for how long if we tell them, like, the world depends on it? Somehow, those guys either, like, 
died or like got lost and then they never stopped the experiment so now these guys just keep doing this over and over and over again and then jack immediately comes in and says something very similar to that and i was like glad dr jack that we're on the same page here the weird showdown where he's like jack you must believe this that it could happen is very strange and i'm like i don't know man like if i was there i'd probably be like fuck this like i'm just gonna let the clock burn out But then, you know, you're like, okay, well, they're on the island for 40 days. There was a polar bear. Somebody kidnapped a baby. Maybe this isn't, like, the most far-fetched thing at this point, right? Like, we crashed a plane, and, like, shit's wild. I mean, that's the big thing, and I don't want to spoil anything, but the fact that, like, a plane crashed and this many people survived, you're like, there might be something going on here. Like, the plane split in half, crashed, and there's still this many people alive. There's just, like, a lot of wild shit that happened so far. So, okay, cool. I get that. I mean, that's the core That's the core divide in the show. That's the same X-Files divide. It's the science versus faith. It's like Jack is just so in his brain, like, I need proof, and Locke's like, why? That, the whole quote, like, one of the most iconic quotes in the entire show, like in, the, like, in any episode, is why do you find it so hard to believe? Why do you find it so easy? And Locke says, it's never been easy. And, like, that's the divide. Like, that's the, that's the thing. Like, Locke knows this island is transformative in some way, because he was paralyzed yeah. now he's not right yeah yeah and yeah. jack is there and he's just like i need proof and like nobody knows that Locke was paralyzed right he has this you is know what i'm I mean? saying like, boone it, i think maybe knew but like jack doesn't know exactly this is what i'm saying but like why the fuck doesn't he just tell jack the doctor look dude something weird's on this island like i couldn't walk now i can walk like there's a reason okay the weird emotional showdown for him to do it was interesting. So I don't know what's going on in the bunker. I don't know what's going to happen with Desmond, but they reset the clock. But the main part of this episode that we're talking about... Well, there's one other thing I want to mention what? very quickly. This is a Locke episode, and I totally forgot yes. that his girlfriend in the episode is played by Katie Seagal from yes. Married with Children, Sons Mila of Anarchy. from Futurama. Right? Yeah, she's wonderful. And I forgot. I was like, oh, right! Helen, there we go. No, no, I was on, and I was like, oh, it's the mom from Sons of Anarchy, because that's like the most recent thing of it. So, so Rachel was like, yeah, she's in this. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's she'll cool. always just be Leela to me from Futurama. But yeah. oh, oh, fuck! She, oh my god, I mm-hmm. didn't know that mm-hmm. until you just said mm-hmm. it. Oh my mm-hmm. god, she's Leela. That is right. Mm-hmm. Wow, you just opened a big door in my brain. Mm-hmm. Wow, I just need to recover from that one for a second. Yeah, and she's the wife, isn't she? The mom on Mario Children. Yeah, Peggy Bundy, right? Yeah. 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 According to IMDb, her top four most known for are Futurama, Married with Children, Eight Simple Rules, and then Sons of Anarchy. So yeah, she's had like, like it's rare, like people talk about, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus having Seinfeld and then The New Adventures of Old Christine, I think, and then Veep, like that doesn't really happen, but like, not that she's the star of these, but she's had like four, uh, those are prominent roles, roles. like three kind of iconic TV roles, plus Eight Simple Rules, she was the female lead until like John Ritter, I think, died. So like, it's, it's a, she's wildly successful. So yeah. Yeah. And, and she's, she's also in, like, four episodes of Lost. I think she's in maybe one other this season, but, like, she's, you know, obviously not on the island, so she's only going to come back in flashbacks, so. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's really okay. cool. Letty stuff. Jin, Sawyer, and Michael. Or as Sawyer introduces him, Mike. And she's like, no, he's never he's never been called Mike. I messaged you guys this. I, I don't know if I've said this out here, but, like, I've been watching a ton of SVU, like, just during the day, right? Because it's, like, one of the only shows that's on at, like, you know, midday. I was watching a ton of SVU, and Michael was on the last episode of SVU yesterday that I was watching, and I was like, motherfucker. Like, I've been seeing all these lost characters, like, on SVU now, or Viola Davis, like we were talking about. They're in the jail, and then they throw in Letty, but we don't know who these people are. I don't know who these people are, and I can't figure out who these people are. She's, like, in jail, too. They're like, where are you from? And she's like, oh, like, that we came here on a plane crash. And she's like, oh, it was the same plane, like, th- this was the plane. And they're like, you were in the tail. And she was like, yeah. And then Sawyer still has a gun, but we don't know if the bullets are wet or not. And he's like, look, when they show up, I'm just going to shoot this guy. And she's like, okay, cool. 
and then she leddies the fuck out of him, mm-hmm. steals the gun, turns it on him, and is like, bitches, I'm out. And then she she has this, like, the shot of her getting, like, one foot rope lifted out was so cool. There is a thing that she says that I, I don't what? know why. Again, like, your whole, like, why is that the take they use in a Fast and Furious movie? But the way that she says coming out the first time, like, sticks in my brain. It's not, I don't I don't know how, she, it's a very specific and then she says it again, like, it's, she says it the first time in a way that, like, I'm like, what did she say? And then she says again, coming out. But, like, it was just this very weird, like, what? That's the t- that's the take? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know everything about my father. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, that's that's the line. Okay. We're going to go with that reading? All right. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's not do that again. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see, like, what role she plays on this island and, like, who those other people are. Oh, also, at one point, Jack says, all roads lead here, and all I could think of was, like, all roads lead home. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, from Hobbs mm-hmm. and Shaw. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to cut it into there. <laughs> I didn't think about this while watching the episode. I wrote it down. What? But, like, they watch the Dharma Initiative orientation video, yes. right? And, like, he explains everything. And then, like, as soon as it ends, Locke just says, we're going to need to watch that again. I'm like, ooh, too fast, too Dharma. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> Yes. Just, you know, watching that on loop. I will say that the fifth season, like the Blu-ray, like the collector's edition Blu-ray for the fifth season is this whole like Dharma initiative package that comes like oh. this big box, like a weathered, like old timey, old school box, or like a VHS tape of the initiative, like the orientation video. Dharma is a big thing. Like that's not a spoiler to say that Dharma, clearly oh, yeah. you know that like Dharma is a big thing because like, I don't know if you noticed, but like the logo is everywhere. On everything. The logo was on a shark's tail in a previous episode. No. The shark swam by. Like, there's a lot of Dharma everywhere. Dharma is not going away, but, like, the fifth season Blu-ray, there's a whole... I don't remember why season five. I don't remember, like, I the significance the of that, but, like... All the food yeah. was labeled, like, Dharma, whatever, initiative. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just so stoked. It, it seems like we're going to get, like... I know you were saying it, too, so it seems like we're going to get to, like, episodes where they're, like, Letty's in them. You know what I mean? Like, even yes. this one was just, like, a kind of a teaser. I think what's smart about this episode is that we know that she is, or was, at least, like, a good guy, right? Because, like, she was on the plane. We knew that she was, like, a normal person at some point, right? Yeah, she's part of them. She's she's a survivor, too, so... But, like, you don't... But you don't know what the role is. Yeah, you don't know, like, if if she is... Like, you don't know their, the dynamics, so I think it's a very smart thing that the show does to have this, like, kind of actor with some clout some recognition join the show and then be like thrust into the thing and like used as the decoy yeah and michael just saying it's a girl it's like mm, yeah i mean it's also it's letty but yeah it was no it was a really nice thing i wasn't expecting i was not expecting letty to be thrown in as a decoy like i i was really thinking like okay i know letty's gonna be on the show that's how we're doing this that she like now becomes part of the team to break them out like when she turned on them i was like sick that's a really cool twist any other thoughts about orientation or do you want to get on to the fast and furious minutes i hopefully that these are gonna get longer i'm sorry that i keep giving all my lost thoughts but i just can't respond to most of i know i like, know, you know that's fine I, rachel did the same thing i was like i think that they're doing like a psychological experiment she was like that's a theory and i was like okay <laughs> like yeah i know you guys can't be like yeah no whatever like, yeah, so the next so next episode, our Too Fast, Too Furious episode, we are not covering one. What we're doing is that the non-Fast and Furious episodes, we're doing that because I figure with Nico and Kevin, we're going to be talking more, so we need to sort of excise segments. So we're not doing one, but in two episodes, which you'll find out what that movie is at the end of this episode, we'll be talking about season two, episode four, Everybody Hates Hugo. So it'll be a Hurley episode, okay. and she is once again in that. Episode seven is the one that I was trying to say, like, seven is the one where it's just like, oh, this is like the episode that we're going to be waiting for. I don't remember like episode to episode how much she's in, but like she's in it now. Like she's part like now yeah. the story Does she is basically get a flashback split between... in seven that's not like really a spoiler but is that 
Is that what it is? No, it's, it's not like it's it's not like it's a Letty episode. Oh, okay, say. okay. But yeah, because now essentially the way the show is doing it, like what I like about season two is that it's expanding the mythology. Like not only are we seeing Dharma and Desmond and all this, but now we also have whatever the Letty group is too, right? And like they're spreading yes. things out. I imagine that you knowing people hate this show for basically not answering questions can see like, oh, they're already going in so many directions. Like, how are they going to rein everything in? And like, they do to a certain extent, and they also just kind of don't at a certain point, right? So, yeah. But yeah, now the story is basically two. There's twofold. It's like the survivors who have now kind of moved to the hatch, at least temporarily. Yeah. And then there's the whole like Letty side of things too. So she's, they're, they're in it. Like they're uh a key part of it now, so. Cool. All right, Joe, last thing to do before we take a break and talk about Dark City is the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 77, one I called Mia. I'm a cop. Oh, such a good title. talking about. I don't know, Brian. Also, what, you always have tears in your eyes when Dom drives away? What is the matter with you? Come on, what's your brother racing off in the middle of the night for? I'm talking about the trucks. You know about the no, trucks? No, Brian, what trucks? Jesus Christ. What? Listen to me. Mia, I'm a cop. What are you talking about, Brian? What is this? Ever since the first time I met you, I've been undercover. I'm a cop. So in this minute, we see from inside Dom's trailer, Brian sees a verbal fight between Mia and Dom. Dom and Leon drive away in one car as Vince drives away in another. Brian is miked into their conversation because they're like 200 yards away from him. Or they're screaming. <laughs> Just scr- screeching criminal activity across a parking lot. Because like yeah. you see the distance, like even at like 20 or 30 oh, yeah. feet, it's like... That's far, man. With, like, the BT Night Rave, like, I know it's not that, I know they're not listening to that song, but, like, ostensibly they're listening to that song, and, like, that is blasting outside. Like, the fact that, like, it's probably loud enough that you can't hear the person next to you, and so for him to be like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I know exactly what's going on, we hear, I don't know, it doesn't really, he doesn't need to hear it. Oh, you're right. He doesn't. them get into a fight. You're right, you're right, you're right. He doesn't, you're right. Brian does not hear the conversation. We hear the conversation. Because he just says, you're crying. Not that he knows what happened. So then Brian catches up to Mia outside and asks her about the trucks. Like, what he's asking about is not what they said, he's just saying, because I think he realizes that, like, she's upset because they're doing something she doesn't agree they go with off or whatever. The of the night. And then Brian confesses to Mia that he's a cop. And my first note was that this minute brings the heat. After a minute where we're like, oh, like we're, we have a minute where we're like, we almost got a never knocked on nobody. And then we finally got that. And then we have like another one where it's just like, what's going on here? And then finally, you know. Yes, this one's go. good for sure. The big takeaway for me is that this is once again, Dom in a passenger seat. And like, and you nailed this and I did not Untrained American eye. I'm so proud of you, brother. I had to go back and watch because I was like, oh, it's weird that Dom is driving, not his car. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I had to Apple F, who has the yellow car? And I was like, okay, this is a skyline. <laughs> I was like, okay, so it's probably, I'm guessing the steering wheel is on the right. I'm guessing. So then I had to go back to minute six or seven when they show up outside. And like, I see Leon get out of the commonly the passenger seat. And I was like, 
Okay, yeah, cool. Right I know drive. what's going on here. But it looks like Dom is getting in to drive Leon's car, and I was like, that's weird. And then, like, it's even weirder that, once again, we made the note that, like, when Brian drives Dom to Neptune's net, Dom's never a passenger, but maybe he is more than we thought. Like, he's a passenger again here, and that's crazy to me. For, for cars being such, like, a thing to him, it's funny how conducive he is to get into the passenger seat very very strange i never noticed this and i'm so glad you caught it it was awesome good call i'm learning but i also like have to like very methodically check my math it's just like well hold on am i right or am i wrong you were right so, no you i'm you getting nailed there. it dude yep so what did you notice because i don't really i just wrote down what extras are doing in the background some <laughs> clothing things the minute is the is the conversation right so there's yep. got and we don't really see much you put some good stuff in there and i made some extra logical jumps right big thing that i got like my job wise is i got vince's license plate this time inside the trailer we see two Corona bottles, a French's mm-hmm. mustard. You're definitely right. It's like a loaf of like white bread, right? Yep. I'm thinking mm-hmm. it could quite possibly be Wonder Bread, just based on like the top okay. of it. It's not like the bag's not white. It's more of like a red and like clear bag, but like the top spinny part. I mean, look, if you're if you're buying French's mustard, you're a basic sandwich bitch, and like you're gonna get Wonder Bread. Like French's mustard is like the low tier. That's like, what I'm get, s- get a golden spicy brown, please. Yeah, Goldens is the best, man. I fucking love Goldens. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So there's it's a there's a high likeliness that this is mm-hmm. Wonder Bread, but it's also a red bag. I tried to Google back to like what Wonder Bread's packaging looked like in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? We need like a what, what's the thing like the older like it's there's olderversions.net or whatever they used to have that site where it's like you could download like an older version of a program like in case the new update screwed things up. There's oh, also yeah. like the Internet Archive or whatever where it's like this is what Facebook.com looked like in 2006. Like we need that, but like for products, but specifically for this, like here's what Wonder Bread has looked like through the, um, I would guess maybe like there's probably some brands that do that. Look at our history of design. Like we're always yeah, proud their, of like, this, right? Like at the factory museum or something. Yeah. When I did the Heineken tour, exactly. Like exactly. I saw, like I went through all the different Heinekens as I was falling in love with that uh, Dutch girl. But yes, please go on. So you think it's a Wonder Bread loaf, which I, I would agree with. I think that's I think that's a pretty fair right. guess. Right, it's you ubiquitous. Confirm, but yeah. It had to be in California. It looks like the top could have some um, iconic polka dots on it, right? So I'm, th- I'm mm-hmm. thinking, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking it might be Wonder yeah. Bread. The other thing that I really want to talk to you about, but you caught it too, is the extra that's, that's just lifting this tire as Brian and Mia walk by. I've yeah, never man. noticed that before, before watching it four or five times in a row row and it's just a dude carrying a tire through the parking lot it's so weird but it's also weirder that he's doing it when you have to imagine that they're at night and everybody else is raving next to him so like why did this guy just pick up a tire is it for the rave maybe there's night races too like i think that there's no. night races as well you don't think so you don't think there's any night races we don't see any and we don't hear the cars we just hear them raving well we're just hearing that bt thump and baseline yeah we're not hearing speaking of that really quick i do want to say that like the music begins to change at the end is going to change it sort of goes from like the thumping whatever to like a kind of like a piano yeah. more melodic i think as far as i can tell it's the same track like he scored this to like the one piece of music takes you through the scene so i was trying to see if that's a different track i think from what i watch on youtube like they're listened to on youtube i guess i think it's the same track so shout out bt yeah shout out bt there's also a very prominently featured makeout couple like we had, it's not a makeout lesbian couple from like earlier in the movie but like they leave not the trailer but you know he picks up mia from wherever she is and we go and like just around the corner there's just like a couple like heavily making out <laughs> well they're at the rave bro but i think you think about like them shooting the scene and like you know even if they're not doing like 50 takes or whatever they're probably not doing one they're probably doing two three four five six takes whatever whatever you're doing like as an extra 
You're supposed to basically do things that like you can imitate perfectly exactly every time. Right? Over and so, over like, and over again. If yes. you're dancing or if you're playing poker or if you're drinking or if you're standing there, you're holding someone. But the, this couple is like going at, like they must have been making out for like an hour or more that night. Just like, okay, we need another take, you know, Paul messes line up, right? Let's do it again. Like reset, back to one, and then like they're like, all right, we're gonna make out a little bit more. Like maybe they're maybe that couple's married now, or maybe they hate each other because of that night. Who knows? Yeah. Any other thoughts about this minute? It's a very important minute for the movie. Not necessarily a lot to pick up on for our purposes. If that's one thing that we've learned, it's that the more important the mo- like mm-hmm. the movie minute is, that they really tone down what's happening in the background to really focus you in on like what they're doing and saying because i even watched this like i was listening to a message that i got and i was watching this movie or this minute on mute and i watched it like 10 times in a row and i was just like i want to pick up on something and like i'm trying to like look at what people are doing in the background same and like it goes by so quickly and they're not in focus like it's a very shallow depth of field where it's basically like they're kind of in focus but it's really clearly on Mia and Brian Mm -hmm. you can see people like sitting down playing poker some people dancing some people doing this that or whatever but like it goes by too quick to definitively say like anything about anyone it's just like there's probably like 50 or 60 people here doing rave things and that's like the biggest that's like the best you know best thing we can say right yep 100 percent. so now for the trivia question i wrote down two and i don't really like either i was gonna say number one what brand of mustard does the family use then i wrote just lolol we can't ask that question that's not a question we can ask but i think that's a very funny question it made me laugh i I liked it similar it's more gettable i think it's also wildly difficult is based on the food visible in Inside the trailer, what can we assume the family was eating at Race Wars? So we could say, if we want to do this kind of question, we could say barbecue, because we know that they have barbecue. Like barbecue, we put in parentheses, like leftovers. We could do sandwiches. You missed your best question, and we just need to know like what the question is and how to phrase it, but you have to ask about Dom getting in the passenger seat. Mm, okay. You nailed it. You, f- you saw it. I think that's the most cool, important thing of it. How about what's unique about Dom's departure from Race Wars? And then it could be he's driving Leon's car. He's riding in Leon's car. And then do like something like he's not wearing a shirt. I do want to point out, I'm glad you pointed out that like both what? Mia and Dom are wearing jackets I don't think we've seen. Like it must have been cold because this is a desert, right? So like it's probably cold there. When we talked about the Craig Lieberman one, you specifically talked about the Craig Lieberman yes. video about this. He was saying like it's 105 degrees, but like I'm sure at night it's like 50 or 60. Because they have a bunch of fires and they're wearing jackets. And people are visibly like warming their hands on the fires, right? And so like, I can imagine, especially after like, not that 60 is freezing, but after you probably spent all day shooting in 105 degree weather to suddenly be like, oh, it's 60 degrees now. Now we'll get Dom in like some dark blue, maybe denim jacket. Mia's wearing like a black leather jacket. Like it's a visible, like these are clothing that we have not seen before. Yep. I agree. We could say he's driving Vince. We could do the same thing with Vince. He's driving Vince's car. Oh, that's a re- you nailed it. And he's riding as a passenger in Vince's car. That's cool too. That's a really good, I like that. Good job. Cool. Are we were you happy with that? I think I'm very happy with I, that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that as a possible question, but yeah, as soon as you uh there's nothing we can say like people know even if the people don't know verbatim what's going on like people know that this is the minute where like Brian confesses to Mia. Like there's nothing trivia about that, right? Yeah. Question number 86 for the 77th minute. What you what's unique about Dom's departure from Race Wars? He's riding as a passenger in Leon's car. That was a good question. I'm glad that we tag teamed that one. And we were cool. like generally happy about it. Good. Can't believe there's no argument. I mean, that's just I like, know. yeah, that's a that's a rarity in the minute. Whew. I don't <laughs> have to edit out like 6 minutes of like why are we doing this? All right. Okay, cool. Joe, let's take a break and let us come back to talk about Justin Kleinman's pick, Dark City. 
episode number 113, Dark City. This episode is brought to you by Shell Beach, California. During extreme low tides, the southern end of Shell Beach has an interesting tide pool-like area with many marine creatures visible. Shout out Shell Beach, California. Shell Beach is my favorite Mario Kart course. Oh, there was a course named Shell Beach? I don't know. No, remember. but it sounds like one, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, there might have been, but I don't think, I don't know. I just, you know, I think that there is. But welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. This is Justin Kleinman's pick. It is. For this lap. This was a movie that was on our kind of overall first list to whittle down and then when he picked it i was like cool let's do it that works yeah so you had never seen this movie before no have you yeah i saw this movie in probably high school or maybe college this was definitely during one of those times where like i was just renting and watching a bunch of movies and i saw it once i remember watching it with my dad in my living room i don't remember if he liked it or not i liked it I liked it again today, but what did you think of it? Before we talk about what it is, what did you think of Dark City? I liked it. It was a wild ride. Rachel was like, damn, that was really crazy when we watched it. But I couldn't help but seeing bits and pieces of, like, so many other movies in it that, like, I kept getting distracted by, like, how excited I would be. Be like, oh, fuck, are they just inceptioning this whole, like, city? And then I'd be like, this reminds me of this, and, like, this reminds me of this. So, but it was fun. I, di- I didn't know where they were going with it. I didn't know how it was going to end. It was a wild ride the whole time, and I enjoyed it. So if you have not seen this movie, actually, is this streamable anywhere for free? Do we know? I have no idea. It's available to stream, apparently, on Vudu Free. So if you don't mind watching with ads, you can watch it for free on Vudu. So go check that out. I own the Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray forever ago. There are two versions. There is the director's cut and the theatrical cut, and I'll talk about that later. I watched the director's cut. You recommended that I watch the director's cut. Yes. So if you don't know what this movie's about, it stars Rufus Sewell as... Oh, God, I had his name. Jack... Murdoch. And he wakes up in the bathtub with no memory, sort of full amnesia, doesn't know where he is, who he is, where he, you know, what's going on. We find out that Kiefer Sutherland, the titular 24 in, in 24, <laughs> yeah, uh, he is this, like, scientist, doctor kind of guy. Looks, he's trying maybe to help him, but maybe not. And, like, there's some things going on. There are these three or more than, th- way more than three, but there's like, these three main strangers, what we know as the strangers, like Mr. Book and Mr. Hand. And they're these, like, nefarious shady guys who are like roaming the city and the city is always at night what we find out in the middle of the movie is that every night at midnight the entire city goes to sleep yeah and these strangers do what's called tuning and they i love that come on you can't even skip over that they reshape the city in some form some way what we eventually find out is that they are aliens they're studying man to sort of preserve their own civilization. Yes. The memories of Shell Beach, our sponsor Shell Beach, have been completely like incepted into everybody's brain. Like everybody knows about it. They have these memories of it, but it's not real. Uh, we find out eventually the big twist of the movie, the big reveal is that we're not on Earth at all. We're actually in outer space. Yep. Um, that they're in like this sort of like not cryostasis, but like there's like this preserved within a force field Dude. city kind of hovering in, in space. It reminds me of this show that I really, really loved, and I can't even tell you the name of the show, because if I did, it would just ruin the whole fucking thing, right? Like, you know, if I'm like, hey, there's this great show, and it was kind of like this, and you'd be like, well, fuck. Like, now I right, definitely so don't no even point. need to watch yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Do you think I've seen it or no? You definitely haven't. But okay. I, Rachel and I were so amped on it. Okay. Hopefully somebody stumbles on it, but if you search, you're just going to ruin it. So it was only on for one season, and it stopped at, like, a lost era, like, cliffhanger at the end of it. And you're like, 
fuck. They only made one season of it, and we were like, God damn okay. it, like, how did they not make more seasons of this? It was so good, but just nobody watched it. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a weird not recommendation, right? Because it's like, yeah. how do you... I can't tell you to watch it. I'll, I'll like, slip it in in a, in a couple more movies or something. So we eventually find out that, like, they are these aliens studying humans, and, like, they... There's a couple different theories about, like, when and where and what this all is, which I'll talk about. Okay. They mentioned in the director's commentary, they're on this kind of spaceship thing that they're trying to study and they're putting all these fake memories into people's lives to see how they behave and like can a person who believes he's a murderer like is it nature or nurture like if he thinks that he's a murderer will he keep murdering or will can his goodness kind of prevail and ultimately we yeah. find out that through Kiefer Sutherland sort of injecting different memories this is also reminding me a little bit of like a reverse Morty's mind blowers like instead of taking memories out they're putting memories in yeah. um, from Rick <laughs> nice. and Morty that they find out that he is kind of like this like ultimate power being and at the end there's a very psychokinesis face-off between him and the lead the main stranger and eventually he kind of topples them and then rebuilds the world as he wants it kind of brings hope and joy and everything back to the people that description is a terrible description of the movie it kind of describes what the movie is it kind of doesn't describe what the movie is it's hard to describe this movie even though it's not it's like it's both wildly complicated i think and also kind of simple i don't know yes i don't know if it's a good description but it is it is it's like it's a very wild ride but it's really just like one general story but I didn't know that they were aliens. I felt like they were vampires, but I guess it makes sense that they're aliens. So again, I don't know if the aliens, I don't know if it explicitly in this says that they're aliens. So but the they're in space, I told you, you're right. They're different than us. They're in space. It, it, it's fair. The reason I told you to watch the director's cut is an extra 11 minutes as opposed to the theatrical, which is like an hour 40. This is like an hour 51. Okay. But in the theatrical cut, the studio New Line Cinema forced the director, Alex Proyas, who directed The Crow, and he also directed the Nicolas Cage movie Knowing, to include an opening narration by Kiefer Sutherland that basically spoiled not the entire movie, but like way too much of the movie. So here's what, what here's happens? how the movie opens in theaters. Okay. First, there was darkness. Then came the strangers. They were a race as old as time itself. They had mastered the ultimate technology, the ability to alter physical reality by will alone. They called this ability tuning but they were dying their civilization was in decline and so they abandoned their world seeking a cure for their own mortality their endless journey brought them to a small blue world in the farthest corner of the galaxy our world here they thought they had finally found what they had been searching for and it's like yeah that's 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 the whole why, movie. Why even bother watching the movie? Like that's just what the, that's that's the movie. To being like in why the first the fuck thirty did they seconds or whatever. That, then? I think there's a history of studios underestimating their fa- underestimating their, their audience. Yeah, yeah. we've being talked like, about oh, that these before. people are too dumb; they're not going to realize what it is. It's pretty overt by the end of the movie. Yeah, you get it; it's in your face. Like you'll understand by the end. But like, why would you just ruin it at the beginning for them? But let's talk about it. Let's dive into it. What did you like about this? What did you not like about this? What fast connections did you see? Hit me with whatever your initial thoughts of, uh, initial thoughts of Dark City actually are. I liked the idea that you have a distant memory of the beach. We kind of start mm-hmm. out with that. That's a very Letty thing, right? 
Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, this is this is a great fit for us because she doesn't really remember being in Rio, but she kind of remembers being in Rio and getting married sure. on the beach. So I yep. was like, oh, that's cool. The whole movie kind of revolves around time, mm-hmm. and we got nothing but time. True. So I was like, that's that's pretty cool to start like that. But then I started re- re- remembering and realizing that it was reminding me of things that weren't Fast and the Furious. Like I was saying, like Inception, like a year or two ago, Rachel and I watched like a whole bunch of The Strain. Did we talk about this? So the show on FX with the guy from uh, House of Cards? Yes and yes. The the bald guy from House of Cards. It was a show that was based on a book. It was like a new age vampire show. I watched the first, yeah, two seasons, I think, and then I bailed at some point. Same. I watched like the first two or three seasons of it. And these characters, like the aliens, were reminding me so much of like the people in The Strain. Because there was like a tier of like vampire in The Strain that were like kind of godly very pale and if they don't like light and stuff like that that's why i kept thinking they were vampires and they even at one point like when he gets like a memory incepted into him he made the like strain noise like they make this like weird kind of like clicking noise like Mm -hmm. that was like their thing so i was like oh shit this really reminds me of the strain the other thing that i messaged you about how much did this remind you of a ryan gosling movie that ryan gosling was not in well i didn't think about that even one time while i mean i thought about the movie stay because this movie was very green and i remember stay being very green but like it's similar it's kind of amnesiac that way but like you said there was like four different gosling movies i looked through his filmography the only other one that i could think of like it's kind of blade runnery sort of in that way but like what else what other gosling movies did this remind you of it's kind of blade runnery it's kind of um, Gangster Goss, a little bit with the newer kind of stylies. Okay. And then it just seemed like a movie that like Ryan Gosling would have been in because it was about like aliens and time and he's getting mind fucked. So it was just like, yeah, but it was it was reminding me a lot of like a bunch of Ryan Gosling movies. And I think that if he would have been in this movie, was this a popular movie? I don't think so, right? So this is a very this is a very cult classic kind of movie. Okay. I want to see what it actually did. I meant to look it up on Box Office Mojo. What year did, did it come out? Ninety eight. So it's supposed to come out in ninety seven, but it, came, it wound up coming up in ninety eight. Okay. So Dark City, nineteen ninety eight, budget of twenty seven million dollars, made twenty seven million worldwide. So yeah, no, it, not successful at all. Um, only made fourteen domestic, another almost thirteen worldwide. This so the the, the thing that I've heard the most about this, which I what? did not realize actually has a direct link, is that people who were like maybe snobs maybe not but people who champion this movie talk about how much the matrix ripped this movie off okay yeah and there's a lot of the matrix too but they so they actually they sold a bunch of set like physical set pieces physical uh oh, what's the actual shit. verbatim really like a number of pieces of the set including those used for the rooftop chase were sold to the production of the matrix at the end of shooting and so people talk about how like the matrix is shit because it just ripped this off i think they're wildly different movies i can see the whole like mysterious people in black suits following you and like not knowing where you are but like no i those don't are think tropes, like every in everything it's just a sci-fi thing i don't think it's that i think it's like the bullet time with like the knife type thing i think it's the like going through the tunnel type situation like it ripped off like some stuff like that but not the core theme of the movie like i don't think it's like a a parody of the premise what the matrix was revolutionary for was the actual technology that invented like they invented bullet time like not the slow-mo but the actual way like i don't know if you've ever seen the making of but like they have an entire 360 degree like a camera at basically every degree and they're filming at each of those like it's like this crazy system that like the tech 
of the Matrix is what like what made the Matrix stand out. Like it was cool, like yeah. cool marketing and cool acting and whatever. I don't know that the story of the Matrix really was like what made. I mean, it was, but it's also like the combination of all of it. And I feel like okay, that's fair. I I do think that a lot of the story slow mo has been in movies for, like forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but this one specifically does the like so he like throws a knife at him, he like stops it, it like the right. camera spins and he shoots it back at him. Like that's what I was talking about. It seems like staunch defenders of this movie like violently and aggressively take down the Matrix. It's like, we no. can have both. You can yeah, have exactly. Both. I can live in a world with both of these. That's fine by me. I have no problems with that. I do think that there's like, it's weird. Oh, dude, that's so weird that the Matrix bought set pieces from this though. There's the scene where he's running on the rooftops and even like when he jumps from building to building and there's like the shot from below, I was like, oh, that's, the Matrix did that exactly. And I don't know if that's mm. paying homage or I don't know if that's just like a, a stolen shot or if that's like a, you know, just an accident or just a coincidence or whatever. But like it. That does that that feels similar. It looks kind of similar, but I think like over other than like the actual like tinting of it, like the the green hues, like I don't know that like I don't think it looks identical. It, like it didn't no. throw me. The Matrix is a digital world, and this is like a, a on a spaceship. So what did you think of the twist? What did you think of the actual reveal that like these are aliens and these are the, you know what they're doing is what they're doing and like they're in space. Like when he like knocks through that wall. So apparently there were like test audiences that were like, why didn't everybody just get sucked out? And that's why they had to add in the force field because like people were like, oh no, like that would just like destroy the city. Like, okay, yes, just, like, I thought that too. Space. Yes. So, like the, so that's why they show like the, the people go through the force field or whatever to be like, hey, no, like there's a reason kind of. But like, what did you think of that reveal when that actually was like, oh, this is actually what's going on? I kind of enjoyed it. The, the reveal of like their aliens, I was like, okay, I was thinking they were vampires the whole time anyways because you saw them float and they don't like the dark and they live underground right so Mm -hmm. cool vampires is fine by me aliens you just changed a word doesn't really matter the reveal of them being on a spaceship the learning about the humans running experiments thing that's that was okay the reveal of them being on the spaceship i was like oh that's cool like once they broke through the thing and that i was like oh that's a little fast and furious for you they're using a pipe or a wrench to break through brick or concrete, like when we see Dom smash the wrench through the concrete, I was like, you know, you couldn't really use a pipe to break down a brick wall, but they did. Dom shouldn't be able to smash a pipe wrench through concrete floor, but he did. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. And when it opened to like space, I was like, whoa, this movie took a turn. It was fun. I like the reveal, I think, and I think it's just the technology of the time that it's 22, 23 years ago when they filmed it, like the final like psychic fight between the two of them kind of looked silly. I think. Yeah. Like when they're in the yeah. air, but like, I don't know how you do it better. I think psychic stuff is always hard to capture on screen. It also True. reminds me of the Matrix Revolutions, where like Neo and Agent Smith fight in the sky, and like they're physically like punching each other. They're not using like brain stuff, but like it just again reminds me of that kind of thing of the Matrix. But like, I liked, like, I think the ending of the showdown was cool, like after he kind of unlocks his full ability, which I guess is also like Neo in the Matrix, but like. And, and I like that when he's sitting at the, t- I can see the sitting at the table, like bend this spoon with your mind type situation where he like picks up the book with his brain like that's kind of it and it had like that weird like glitch in the matrix type of like you know everything starts to get a little fuzzy and then he's like okay Merle and does it I, I think they're basically like they're similar stories told wildly different agreed yeah way, I, think right? they're, I think they're very very different I don't hate on the matrix for borrowing things from this because I think 
ultimately, like you said, I think the Matrix did do it a little bit better, right? Just with technology yeah. and just yeah. actors and just everything. And, and it's not the same story, so it's not the exact same right. story. I'm fine with it. So I was thinking about this movie, like we talked about with Memento, and you were saying, like, who do you think is who? And I was thinking, like, you know, initially when we see Rufus Sewell wake up and not know, I'm like, okay, he's our Letty, because, like, he's just the one, like, we're trying to frame everybody, yes. like, as the default, like, the person with amnesia or memory loss or whatever is Letty, right? Yeah. But then I was thinking, as time goes on, we find out that he's married or maybe married married or like possibly never married that maybe it was just like a false memory impl- implanted pretended to be married whatever i don't even know how to say this yes. like i just keep stumbling over the same words because like no, nothing sense. is maybe real it. actually yeah. i had never heard of this before so this movie deals with something called last thursdayism do you know what this is or no, no. i never heard of it before so it's a philosophy described by a 20th century historian bertrand russell and apparently he like talked about it but like kind of shit on it i guess which is weird because he referred to this thing called the omphalos papers o-m-p-h-a-l-o-s papers from 1857 that said that the entire world in our memories could have been created recently, but we just can't prove it because the world would have been created to look like an older world. So, like, oh, I know it could this be theory. Just that, like, yes. yeah, that, like, okay. everything is just a couple days old, but, like, we don't know because we've been tricked into thinking that, like, we've always been here. So, like, us recording episodes last week never actually happened or whatever. It was a memory inception, but it yes. was, yes. And, and dinosaurs didn't exist. We just put them there because it makes us think that the world's this old. But it could really well, be... nothing existed, right? Like, yeah. nothing. It's just, like, everything was built yep. 48 hours ago, and we just remembered you know it's the it's the brains in a tank thing essentially right yeah and it's a it's a really cool theory because like you said like you can't like unprove it it. yeah Yeah, because it's like okay like well what about dinosaurs it's like well they put the bones there knowing that we would go dig them up and then we figured like what about carbon dating like well like we made this technology up and it's not real and you know yeah that's why i'm sort of having i'm struggling to describe how he and jennifer connelly are related because like they're married but they're probably not married because she's like i have such vivid memories vivid memories of like meeting you but i also felt like you were a stranger so like they're just like fucking with them just to see like with everybody just to see like how things go yes as the movie goes on i was getting sort of mia vibes from her because she you know looks kind of the part also doesn't have a ton to do it's just kind of like this like sort of second banana cute brunette in the movie Mm -hmm. and i was like oh if that's if she's mia then that would make rufus sewell not letty but maybe more like brian and he's kind of investigating like a cop would to try to figure it out so like he's kind of the letty character he's kind of the brian character we have the key for sutherland as what we were talking about last week, right? Like, is is Mr. Nobody good or evil? Like, is Joey Pants in Memento good or evil, right? Like, it's the kind of the advisor, the mentor. Maybe he's Tanner, maybe he's Mr. Nobody, who knows? But again, we kind of have that, like, triangle here again. Are you saying the doctor or the... No, the doctor, yeah, because, like, he's... Well, what about the, the detective, doctor, then? The detective, I guess, is, like, Tanner. Yeah. I don't know. If we're to believe that the guy, that Murdoch, whose memory is missing, is Letty... I would believe that the doctor would be Dom because he's trying to remember her. And the cop would probably be Brian because he's a cop and associated trying to get to the truth of it. Interesting. Okay. I was going to play a different game with you this time. It's similar, but I was thinking about this as I was watching this movie. As in, who would we cast in these roles, irregardless of their roles? Like, who do you want to see The Rock play in this movie? Who do you want to see Brian play in in this movie? Before we get there, so I think that, and I think this is, I'm going to transition myself there. Go ahead, please. I was also thinking about, like, the way that Kiefer interacts with the strangers and, like, how he's kind of, he's working for them, but he's also kind of scared for them. I was thinking, like, they could be, like, the Mr. Book, I think, is the main one, like, could be Cypher, that he, she's kind of the one, like, as far as we know right now, he's the voice or whatever. Like, he's, like, kind of the ultimate in this hierarchy of evil villains. 
And that would make Kiefer Sutherland kind of maybe like an Owen Shaw type or maybe even like a Braga type where like Dumb. he's got agency and he has like villainous tendencies or like the ability to do things, but also has to like report to these like malicious higher ups that like he's also kind of afraid of. And like we don't really see Shaw or Braga afraid of Cypher, but I think we get the impression that like they are probably afraid of Cypher because like she's she Dom was afraid up. of Cypher. Well, not really. He was just worried about his son. But yeah, that's why I think it'd be more Dom to me too because like Dom has to work both sides and answer to the higher like answer to Cypher at some point. Like Dom in specifically an eight. So who would I want to have cast like in the Rufus Sewell part or the J- Jennifer Connelly part or the Kiefer Sutherland part or yes. the. I think the Jennifer Connelly part kind of has to be Mia, has to be Jordana Brewster, I That's think. That's a great probably. pick, I agree, yep. The Rufus Sewell part could be Paul Walker, could be... I like Han. I can see that. Then I, then we could also do Han, and we could also have Gal Gadot. So we have Sung Kang and Gal Gadot as the two, as like the maybe romantic couple. Yeah, like the detective could definitely be Jason Statham and also The Rock, I was thinking. Okay. But I think The Rock is, like, too powerful to be, like, under the influence. You know what I mean? Like, And I also don't know that, like, because he's not, like, a physical imposing figure. And I feel like they're both kind of, like, too muscly. Dude. Like, I think they kind of have to be, like, and I guess that's the problem. That's, like, everybody has kind of gotten too jacked in these movies. But, like... Yeah, I was just saying beyond that. You know what I mean? Just, like... Yeah. But I'm just trying to think, like, within the character, like, what he's trying... Like, he's trying to use his brain... I mean, I, the Hobbs uses his brains, but he also has the... Bro- I don't know. Baby Brian would be the, the like, the small, creepy alien <laughs> that says... That starts the kill him chant. <laughs> like, he goes straight from listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks to, like, inciting murders. I can see that. That's definitely from point A to point B. Definitely tracks. And I think that Vin Diesel could make a menacing main villain. I think so, too. I have some other fascinations. Well, I have. I had a couple that were too memento that, like, Ooh, he was trying to figure out, like, Jay Murdoch. It was kind of like an inverse John G., like, trying to figure out who John G. is. But he's trying to figure out who he is, Jay Murdoch, because he sees his name in the ledger, right? Yeah. And we also have, once again, a hotel or motel manager shaking down an amnesiac for more money. Right? Like, this <laughs> seems more genuine, but also might not be, right? Like, he's like, you've been here three weeks, you got to pay me, you're going to get kicked out. Whereas, like, last movie we saw yep. him being like, you know, you need another room. Like, sorry, you didn't have a room here or whatever, right? So similar in that regard, just like, maybe, possibly, probably manipulative motel managers, so... Yeah, just scumbag motel managers. I, I wonder why that's a trope so bad. I also, you know, we were talking last episode about how we don't really see a lot of hotels or motels. We also don't have a lot of hookers in Fast and Furious, which I understand. I was wondering this, too. I thought this. It's more of a family series and, like, that kind of, but, like, I don't, I mean, I guess you could maybe, maybe possibly infer that, like, the women on Roman's plane are possibly high-end call girls, but also maybe not. I, I don't know. I think that, I think you can't just straight up have prostitution in like PG-13 ostensibly family films. Uh, yeah, I think about that too. But I'm like, come on, you're telling me that like, don't even start with it after I say it, but you're telling me Leon isn't familiar with Ladies of the Night? Oh, because he looks like a criminal? I ne- Yes, exactly <laughs> why. Speaking of Leon, speaking of the first movie, I was thinking about how the automat whereas all the food. I was like, this is a wildly different place than Food Shack. I mean, this is a totally different <laughs> yes. serving experience. It was funny because we were like, I was messaging you and Brian and Mike last night about the Lifetime movie that I was watching. And they kept going to this place co- that just would have a neon sign that said Pizza Gelato. Like, it didn't have a name. It just said Pizza Gelato outside of it, like, on a neon sign. And this one had a giant neon sign that said Food. But then, like, eventually you see that it says Automat. And I was like, oh, like, that's really funny. It reminded me of that Lifetime movie that I was just watching where it's like, oh, look, they're at Food Shack. Yeah. Like, like, what places do you know that, like, aren't named that just say, like, ice cream? 
you know, and you're like, okay, I get it, right. but like, exactly, that doesn't happen in real life. Uh, but what, I think that's all the fast action because it, it's wildly different from a Fast and Furious movie. I mean, there might be ones that I miss, but what did you catch? What did you? What do you want to say? You kind of skimmed over it, but the idea that when they change the world, they call it tuning, is incredible. Yeah, they're yeah, tuning yeah. the world. They're they're fixing the world. They're tweaking it and they're making mm-hmm. it better. They're tuning the world. When he goes, I don't know what, it, what, like the place with all the aquariums, it's called Neptune's Kingdom, not Neptune's Ooh. Net. Is, is this Neptune's Net? But no, you have Automat and Neptune's Kingdom. I was like, that's pretty interesting. I miss these like places. In Japan, they had them, the places where you put like the quarters in and you like open the thing. We see it. Oh, we see that in Tokyo Drift. Remember? That's where Nila takes him. Yeah. One of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's directly from Tokyo Drift. So less food shack, more Tokyo Drift. Because they do. They remember they go to like one of these things that he has like slide the thing open to get his food. And he's like, I didn't even need to put ketchup on it or nothing. Remember? Oh, I did like the, the 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 spaceship is like flat, so it looks like flat Earth at the end. Yeah. Like when they put it out there, I was like, oh damn, Neil deGrasse Tyson will be pissed about this. Those were my other big fast connections that I connected. One thing that I did, the only other really cool trivia about this movie that I think makes it work and helps make the movie more interesting and sort of ambiguous is that they intentionally obscured when it takes place like it kind of looks like 50s and 60s and there's a lot of that kind of like clothing and cars and Mm -hmm. tech but like there's some stuff that seems like way future advanced and everything so but they could just be fucking with these people right like maybe they stole them from the 50s but they're aliens it's not too hard for me to buy into because remember they're like we don't know where we came from or what like our memories have been wiped so they could have like went to like 50s America stole these people, put them on the alien spaceship, and they have like weird technologies that we don't know about, but they still like kind of lived in the 50s. So, so here are the two real kind of like uh, ways that the co-writer, so Alex Proyas and David S. Goyer, and David S. Goyer has gone on to write like a lot of the DC movies, talking about DCEU, the last few episodes of the Mailbag. There's two different kind of ways that they frame how this all, like what we're actually watching, right? So like either number okay. one, a lot of humanity was like on a spaceship, like way in the future or whatever, and the strangers kind of kidnapped them, abducted them, whatever. We're just like, you know, here we are. We're just going to study you now because we need it. We basically, you know, we need to sur- we need to ensure our survival. Advance the you. We're going to fuck with you, whatever, right? So like okay. that's number one. So they're like space pirates. Yes, but abducting abducting people as opposed to just like goods, right? They're just taking everything. They're just like here, we're whatever. The more kind of depressing one is that like humanity has died out. What we're seeing on screen, like this is like a purgatory that was created by the strangers where they're just kind of like, it's you're, you're not really in heaven or hell or whatever. You're just kind of doomed to repeat the same kind of life over and over again. And I don't know if that necessarily, like, that was what David S. Boyer <sighs> suggested. I don't know if that like really kind of makes like sense those. or works, but like, yeah. I have another one. I think that they like came and like kidnapped a bunch of them to study them. And this is just like their experimental ship as they're flying back and trying to get answers at the same time because space travel would take time right right they come down they came to america they're like oh shit they just kidnapped like a swath of people like this is how many we need to like make this fake city and do the experiments because it doesn't really seem like there's that many people right like it's not really like a huge like it's a city but even like the cars we only see like a couple like a hundred of them or something when we zoom out and see the city kind of floating in space like we get a sense that like it's big but it's not overwhelmingly big right like it's, it's not overwhelmingly big and it's it doesn't have to be densely populated because like these people are only in like certain places right so like the point of all this is that they're not gonna remember and so like if anybody starts like getting wise like hey why is it always night or why don't i see more people or why do i see keep seeing the same people or whatever they just like fix that right so yeah. like even when we see like the council of aliens that like share all the same brain it's only like 80 of them maybe i would guess like right. 70 80 if there's 70 or 80 of them running this whole thing then like 
how many of them are above them. They're not going to have like 20,000 people. It's going to be like 100. I would guess there'd be more than 100, but I think that there's not there's not an overwhelming amount. I think that it's more it's a smaller number than we might believe. It's like it's not a city. It's just like a, it's a yes. a representation of a city or whatever. Exactly. So that's my theory. My theory is that they got kidnapped. They're flying them back and they're doing the experiments while they're trying to get back to wherever they need to go. What else you got? Anything else? Are there any other fast connections? Any other thoughts about Dark City? I'm I'm glad that Justin gave me a reason, quote unquote, a reason to rewatch this again because I had. I'm glad that I watched it when I saw for the first time. I don't think I knew about the whole like it stole, like the Matrix stole from it or whatever, quote unquote, stole from it. I had only heard about that since I saw this for the first mm. time, and I was wondering if it was going to like. And I can see it, but I can also like you know I'm also so firmly on the Matrix side that like I'm not choosing that over this. It's just that I'm so I'm like no, that's its own thing, right? So I think I can keep them separate. I see similarities, yeah. but like I can keep them separate. I don't think one adds or takes away from either one i don't think that one makes the other worse or better and then at the very end i like that he remembers her back with the beach and that was a good way that he kind of like like as he remembers she doesn't he's like hey here's the beach you know yeah and i was like oh very letty of him well thank you again justin let's fire up the trailer this is of course our old favorite movie clips classic trailers dark city 1998 official trailer jennifer connelly gets top building jennifer connelly Kiefer sutherland dot 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 Two minutes and 15 seconds. Let me know when you're ready to play. Okay, whenever you're ready. Give me a countdown. Three, two, one, play. Fire. The sun. I wonder how spoilery this would be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know. If... I'm curious, too. I was thinking about it when we were watching it. Like, how bad can this get spoilery-wise? Because I love being dropped into a world where, like, you literally don't know what's going on. And to Same. have you hit over the head with opening narration, opening voiceover, just like... You know. Okay, we see the underground, kind of. This is pretty supremely weird, yeah. From the director of The Crow. This was a very saw bathroom, by the way. Either my memory has just gotten worse as life has gone on, which is probably true, but, like, I remember things about movies that I saw in high school and college, like, kind of vividly, and, like, that green bathroom and the purple bathwater and the fish yeah. in there. Like, I remember all that, like, very clearly. I think also just maybe just an iconic setup, you know what I mean? Where man has no past. This kind of looks like a Pure Moods commercial. What is Pure Moods? Oh, like, that, those CDs? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it's just, like, the way that these, like, because these, like, transition screens are, like, very cheap-looking. Yeah, they are. As you can hear, dear, dear listener, there's no over, like, there's no voiceover. No. It's all just... Books flow. It's a, it's a cool trailer. I like the go-to-sleep thing, too. The, like, the Jedi sleep. Oh, and then they had Freddy Krueger hands for no reason. Yeah. Which yeah. I totally yeah. didn't understand. Maybe, you know how we always say, like, trailers ruin a lot of stuff? Maybe this trailer didn't explain anything. That's what it seems like. Okay, now we're just listing the people that are in the movie. Yeah, the, the trailer was like a minute 40, and now we have 30 seconds of just, like, explaining what's going on. Or not even explaining, just no. explaining who's in it. Darkness falls soon. <laughs> very cool trailer. Very dorky, terrible, uh... It was cool of the time, title in 98. Work, I guess. It looks, like, cool. it looks like a knockoff, like, X-Files. Like, that's like the, yes. you know, the end of every intro of the X-Files which says the truth is out there, or whatever it says on certain episodes, but, like, it's kind of, like, over that lightning. Like, it just kind of looks like that, but, like, it's not bad, it's just very 90s, right? It's very <laughs> of the era. And the, and the with no voiceover, like, I get the choice, 
But, like, how do you go with a trailer that has no voiceover and then him ruining the movie in the theatrical version in the first 30 seconds? I don't know, man. Like, what were the fucking choices that they made for that? Like, (sighs) we can have a happy in-between where they could be, like, you know, in a world that changes, you know? You could see very vague, dumb movie movie voice bullshit, and it would have been fine. That trailer does make me want to see the movie. I don't know if I've ever seen the original Matrix trailers, but I think I've talked about it on here or whatever, maybe on different podcasts. Maybe it was on the Cloud Atlas podcast that I did with Mike recently, but, like, the whole, like, what is the Matrix, like, the marketing giving nothing about that movie away, and just, like, I don't know what I'm about to see. Like, I feel like this is like that, which is, like, I don't know what I'm about to see, yeah. but I'm fascinated. And then to be dumped in, like, that seems like a real buzzkill. Like, you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is some, like, weird shit, like, out there. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then you go to the theater and like it's like yeah they're drawing in the audience of like i want to be surprised by this and they're like psych just kidding you're no surprise there's aliens they're here on (laughs) earth it's like oh god what are you doing guys come on it's so weird to like pitch this to one group of people and then when you get that group of people you totally demolish everything they wanted from it joe let's do the letterbox game so for reference sake keeps going up mad max fury road has but now been seen by six hundred and five thousand people the most popular Mm. one of the most popular films on letterbox mad max fury road six 605,000 people. Dark City, 1998, directed by Alex Proya, starring Rufus Sewell, William Hurt, Kiefer Sutherland, Jennifer Connelly, Richard O'Brien, and Ian Richardson. Average score of 3.7, most common rating of 4. How many people have seen Dark City? Keeping in mind, box office flop, but cult classic, so. I'm going to go 24,000. Higher. 36,000? Higher. 50,000. 51 to 67. 51 to 6, 7. How do we always get there in three guesses, too, by the way? I also said, like, way higher or whatever, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm trying to, like, it's, it's, you're picking up on context clues, but you also get there in the end. What What I realized in recent editing is, like, you'll guess a number, right? And then I'll be like, no, way higher. And you'll be like, okay, my actual first guess was like, you can't get a second first guess, but you've somehow twisted the rules. So you like get like a second first, like no, what no, no, I no, no, actually no. meant. No, I'm always, cause I like, I like, I have a number uh-huh. that pops into my head and then like, uh-huh. and then I start to do all the factoring in of like, you say like, how many people do you think saw this movie? And then you're like, okay, remember it's a cult classic. I mean, I'm not really doing that to help or to hurt. I know, I'm just sort I know. of vamping. Exactly. But still, like, I'm, then I'm like, okay, well, like, then let me, you know, go up or down a little bit. This is what I was actually thinking at first. And then I'm like, okay, well, like, letterbox and, like, the year. And, like, it was a box office flop. I just think it's funny that it's like, no, like, it's like, no, I, I, I wasn't right. Like, give me another <laughs> shot. Like, just yeah. basically, like, no, 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 no like, that didn't count. I, I, was, I wasn't Mulligan. right. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> No, so. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, like, the first number that popped into my head was this. I did some adjustments because I, I was wrong, and then I was still wrong, and then this is what I... Like, if I would have had no context clues at all, this is probably what my guess would have been. It is a second guess. I'm not trying to <laughs> invalidate the first one, I promise. So now, out of those 51,000 people, how many have it in their top four? It's 1,500. Way lower. Um... Yeah, that was a way high guess. What was your actual first guess, Jeff? What your actual first, first guess, guess was? No, it was. I don't know why. I just thought fifteen hundred. Well, this is called classic. I wouldn't be like if this was fifty. I wouldn't be surprised. It's 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 a it's a big number, but it's not anywhere near fifteen hundred. Uh, six seventy five. Still way. You're still way high. Got to go lower. Three hundred. Two forty four. Two forty okay. four. So again, that's a sizable number. It's just not. That's a lot. You know. That's that's yeah. That's a lot. So now there's a bunch of people here. I'm gonna go to Andrew Xie, S H I E H. He's from Taiwan. His review: I'm so glad I discovered this movie, which I downloaded in my laptop for months and never bothered watching it. Which is like a very detailed like. I downloaded this movie. Didn't watch it for a while. Finally watched it. Yeah. I'm pretty sad that how everyone could watch The Matrix, Inception, or even The Butterfly Effect. 
two movies we talked about, but not Butterfly Effect. Yeah. But never heard of Dark City. And he puts in parentheses, I was one of them? Dark City <laughs> is so underrated that I would have even consider of being one of the best mystery or sci-fi movies I've seen so far in my life. He goes on from there. Wow. Five stars. That's he, He's kind of on the point. He's he's there. So Andrew Shea from Taiwan, at Andrew0712 on Twitter, his top four, Dark City is his number three. Okay. I kind of picked this one for a reason. You can get to, without guessing any, without me giving any hints, guess two more movies. Inception and The Matrix? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Two and four. Yep. <laughs> okay, good. There you go. Yeah. Inception, Dark City, and The Matrix. Like, there's a reason I just like, okay, because like, we need like we need a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Number one is not a movie... <sighs> I guess it's in line, in a sense, with The Matrix. I was going to go, like, Children of Men. No. If he's, like, in this kind of vibe, you know what I mean? No, it, it, it kind of doesn't fit that vibe. It's, it's an action movie. Independence Day? No. It's more indie than that, but it's a big movie that you've heard of and I'm almost certain you've seen. It's very close to my heart for a reason. Its sequel is one of the worst movies that I've ever seen. Uh... One of the, my least favorite movies that I've ever seen. Came out like 10 or 12 years ago. Based on a comic book, I want to say. Graphic novel. Scott Pilgrim? No, but you're you're in that ballpark. Kick-Ass? Yes, Kick-Ass. Okay. Yep. Kick-Ass, Inception, Dark City, and The Matrix. Okay. And this dude almost exclusively watches movies that we've podcasted about. He watched Always Be My Maybe and Toy Story 4 and John Wick 3, which always the all Keanu movies. And he also watched Baywatch. <laughs> there you go. Well, boy, do we have a podcast network for him. Well, that was Dark City. Again, shout out to Justin Kleinman for picking it. I, yeah, this is one that, movie, I was, man. Uh, that I wanted to see again, but again, gave us reason to do it. And I wanted to do it because I knew it was one that we were both probably going to like. I didn't remember. I kind of remembered less about this movie than I guess I expected to. I didn't remember the twist. I didn't remember that they were in outer space. Okay. I kind of remembered the final showdown. I remembered the kind of the mystery. Like, I knew it was an amnesiac movie. And then also when Justin picked it, obviously I knew it fit in that theme. But like, I knew that it was going to work for this lap. But I didn't remember them being on a spaceship, which feels like a pretty big thing to forget. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Very big thing to forget. I also wonder, like, if which which version I saw when I when I rented it from probably the library or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's funny that you really liked it, and then we're like, don't watch the version that ruins it, but you don't remember which version you saw. <laughs> okay. So next week, on Tuesday, of course, we are getting back into the swing of things with Nico and Kevo doing Too Fast, Too Furious, and Can't also... Wait the turbocharged prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, yeah, so, true. Yeah. So, like, it's on the Blu-ray for the first two movies, and I even watched it, like, when we were doing the deleted scenes for the first movie, mm-hmm. I put it on, because, like, in my head, I was still like, I know that what's on YouTube has got to be the real thing, but I'm like, there's no way that they just did this, with, like, without actually having, like, finished music, and, like, no, that's that's what it is. It's just, like, yep. it's just, or, you know, like, without having, like, dialogue or anything, like, it's just, yep. like, that weird kind of, yeah, no, that's that's it. Like, the, what we've been watching is the real thing. Yeah. I confirmed. I still kind of can't believe it, but, like... <laughs> Same, you know, but it felt it, it's of the time. It's a DVD too. extra, right? So yeah. And then on Friday, we are doing another patron pick, a past guest of this show, and a future guest of this show, Brian Rodriguez. I guess because he wants to make me cry a little bit. I don't know. We're doing, dude. Where's my car? So Alex Ellenin did oh. the. He, he changed the name of the movie for the game. Yeah. Dude, what's my car? But we are doing Dude, Where's My Car? Which I haven't seen in Friday. forever. I'm so excited to rewatch it. I, Is that I don't Dude, know. Sweet and Shibby? Is that that movie? Yes. God damn it. All right. Okay. And like Thank the you, chihuahua Brian. that smokes weed and the... Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't think... I, like, I know... Obviously, I know about it because... Oh, really? You've, not? You've, you've maybe never seen it? I don't think that I have. Oh, like, God. I think even back... Like, I don't think I've ever been alive and been like, oh, this is a movie that I would enjoy. Like, oh, just, I don't I, think I, I you're going to like it at all. <laughs> I don't think so either. Like, I might. 
is it Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott? Yes. I mean, I like them separately. Again, I don't love them, but I like them, so... It's like their version of Dumb and Dumber, essentially. Okay. Well, we'll find out next Friday. I'm very excited to hear your take. The thing is, I don't know how it's held up, because I haven't seen it in forever. Oh, I can't imagine it held up well at all. I mean, like, I feel like there's a certain pocket of time, like, early uh, 2000s, where it's like, oh, no, this is, like, nothing from this era should ever be seen again. Like, the fact that, like, The Fast and Furious and Too Fast, like, hold up, it's like... That's a blessing, because, like, I feel like this pocket of time, it's like, no, like, do not touch. I remember, like, really enjoying it as, like, a 12-year-old boy, so that's probably a bad sign. If I was like, this is hilarious, and I was, like, a 12-year-old boy, I'm like, that's probably not the best idea. All I know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tease what it is, but the week after that, I am very, very excited for, so... It's not gonna be... At worst, it'll I, be, I, like, I don't black. mean to insult it, I'm just... Yeah. I'm trying to stress that I'm nervous for it. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, I just... I don't think you should be nervous, I just don't think you're gonna like it. It's probably 90 minutes, right? Like, it's short. Yeah. It's gotta be short. It can't be long. No, it's definitely not long. Dude, where's my car? 83 minutes. Oh, all right. That's fine. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's 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 like a long comedy skit, essentially. Reviews from Friends, Liam Underwood. How to follow watching a film as magnificent as Seven Samurai? By Why? By sticking on something that requires as little thought as possible. And that's where he did. That's right. The most popular review on Letterboxd. One half star. I don't have a car. Not relatable. Zero out of ten. <laughs> so... What did this guy also direct? I'm just curious now. Danny Lehner. Lehner? L-E-I-N-E-R. Oh, he also did Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Okay. There you go. See? All right. So, yeah. So, next week, Too Fast with Nico and Kevo. And then, Dude, Where's My Car? Thank you, Brian, for supporting us on Patreon. That's all (laughs) I'll say. If you want to make me angry or sad or nervous, or if you want to give us something good, like Justin did, TooFast2Forever.com. It's not difficult. You know what to do. An email us of course family at cageclub.me yep for all things too fast too forever you can go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me like i said check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com give me anxiety and anger and nerves and all the emotions or just give us something good to watch yeah kick in at 10 bucks a month at too fast too forever.com email us family at cageclub.me and come back next week as we head to miami with monica fuentes as we stare and drive across the country with brian and minka kelly as girl who could forget her iconic <laughs> role of girl in the turbocharged reboot? I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace, Peace out, out, you anus piecer.